Elliott, and he is the winner of the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix. Due to inclement weather, the race has been called with 14 to go. <laughs> Bill Elliott was right. Yeah, he was. And Chase Elliott wins. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. Happy Memorial Day to you and yours. And with Memorial Day every year comes the greatest day in motorsports, Sunday. The day before Memorial Day is such a great day when you are a fan of racing because we've got the Indy 500, and then following that is the longest race of the year, the Coke 600 Crown Jewel event in NASCAR, 600 miles of racing. It's going to be a blast. We're going to talk about winners. We're going to be trying to find some value here with the picks to win the race and in the top five. And following that, we've got a special event this week called the Full Tank Face-Off. We will explain what that is for the head-to-head section portion of the podcast, but I'm really excited about it, and uh, we will go over what that is when we get there. And then, I mentioned the Indy 500, just some quick, quick Indy 500 talk. I am not an expert on that subject, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it from what I'm seeing with the odds and the stats. So a whole lot of stuff to get to. It's going to be a great episode because this is the greatest day in motorsports coming up. So with all that being said, we need to take a quick look back at Coda. Circuit of the Americas was where we were last Sunday. I had a lot of excitement heading into this race. And honestly, coming out of it, I'm not feeling too good. It, it was a little bit of a letdown, and I don't think it was anybody's fault. It was the rain. So when we first heard that there was rain in the forecast, I think a lot of people perked up saying, hey, this is going to be fun. You know, NASCAR is going to have to learn how to handle these rainstorms. And, you know, this is a perfect opportunity on a road course. And, you know, that's what they did. I mean, Saturday, they got to practice in it we saw the truck races and the xfinity races all the you know different sessions that went with those series and everything was going well uh but the cup race itself was just too much it was the you know downpour that really got to it. i mean early on it was okay and then it let up a little bit but then it just got too much it was too much rain and they had to call it so In addition to the racing being kind of poor, in my opinion, on the racetrack, slower. Guys, I mean, if guys can't see, then they can't race. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. And then having to end the race early was a little bit of a letdown. So we had that conversation all last podcast at the end there about turning um, F1 Frank into a NASCAR fan and using Coda as the track to do that. And I really was upset because I felt like we weren't getting the best product out there for it even though the rain brought an interesting element to it. So let's start with Frank. Um, And I sent him a message earlier this week and said, hey, what was the result? You know, I I was checking in with him during the race. He was poking his head in, watching some. And his final result of watching that race was, via text message here, I would say that I enjoyed the road course a lot more than the oval, I like seeing different driving techniques in NASCAR. I also liked how weather played a factor since I don't think I've seen 
NASCAR in the rain before. I could easily see myself watching more road courses in the future. So I think that's probably what we would have hoped for. You know, you get guys like that who are interested to see more road courses, and then maybe down the line they get more in a NASCAR. I do not think that the product that was out there on Sunday was good enough to really pull somebody all the way in. But, hey, that's best you really could have asked for in that case with a fan like Frank. So we appreciate Frank coming on. We appreciate him giving it a look and giving us his insights there. So it seems like we might have gotten him. We'll check in with him maybe um, later this year. So how do we do, though? On the bets. I mean, this is one time when a lot of times I say the way the bets went kind of skew how I feel about the race. And I'm a little down on the race, but we did pretty well. I mean, we picked a winner. Chase Elliott is your winner, even though he was the heavy, heavy favorite. It didn't look like he was going to be the winner if the race went all the way, but we ended up cashing in. Now, here's an interesting thing. I mentioned how the DraftKings and FanDuels of the world, the sports books really have not had to deal with qualifying and practice this year or all of last year, really. And that's something that they've always struggled with. Like putting the odds up either during or right after has been something that's really delayed and really slow. And that's been a problem. Well, I knew that that might play a factor on Sunday, and it sure did. After qualifying, I flipped open the app. It was not available, and I kept refreshing and refreshing. Chase Elliott. Something was wacky. He was available at plus 800 for a split second to win the race. So even though I had already placed my bet, I jumped in and and got it again at plus 800. I don't know what reason, because then as race was actually starting, he was back down to plus 250 again. Something went weird. So when qualifying and practice is a thing, you just need to be on your toes as a gambler. That's all I'll say. You need to be aware of the situation and really act on it appropriately. But We did pick the winner, Chase, called him out, and it really made sense. I mean, he has yet to give us a reason not to choose him on a road course, and we'll talk about him at Sonoma coming up. Now, top 10s, we missed out on Byron, just barely. I mean, if that race goes full, we get that pick as well. Almondinger was the long shot that we had, and he hit easily. He was in the top five, so a good pick there. And um, one and two on the head-to-head matchups, that was going back and forth all day. I did have a race day parlay hit that was out there on Instagram at Full Tank Phil. Um, but, you know, all in all, I mean, we came out on top. It makes things a lot easier when you hit the winner. So um, looking forward to Sonoma, though, I can say that. I mean, it just felt like we didn't really get everything that we could have out of Coda. But hopefully they come back next year and um, Sonoma will give us another opportunity at a road course. So good stuff. Now let's talk about. The 600, the longest race on the schedule. It's a crown jewel. So we talk about the concept of having majors in NASCAR, like other sports sometimes do. Well, this would definitely be in that category. It's a mile and a half quad oval. And, you know, this is a race that I look forward to every year because, A, it's Memorial Day weekend. B, it's a long race and night race to to boot. So it gives you an opportunity to really get lit and hang out and watch racing for a long period of time. It's my birthday. I'm recording this right now on my birthday. So the 600 always falls in and around my birthday, which is even better because I have an excuse to get after it. So all that being said, this race has potential to be fun or it could be really boring as we have seen in the past. 
we will touch on one race in particular that was a complete snooze fest. So it's really a hit or miss situation. You know, sometimes I look forward to it so much that I'm a little let down when I'm actually watching it. Like, hey, this isn't this isn't what I want to watch for the next five hours. But um, the track stats, taking a look at it, 122 races here at Charlotte Motor Speedway all time. The winner has started on the pole 17 times, and the last time it happened was Kyle Busch not too long ago in 2018. The rest, pretty much par for the course, starting in the top 5, 55% of the time, starting in the top 10, 74% of the time, and starting outside of the top 20. It's only happened 10 times, but the last time it did happen was Austin Dillon. That was a big name. I think he was like 22nd where he started uh, back in 2017. And manufacturer trends there really isn't one you know if you look at the last 10 races it's been pretty split across the board toyota does have the advantage they've won five of the 10 races chevy's won three ford has won two so nothing you can really cling to as far as the manufacturers go as a pattern um so it's pretty standard stuff i mean it's what you expect at a mile and a half racetrack honestly so as far as the rules go there are four stages in this race that's how long they are and, I mean, that's what they've done in the past. I'm assuming that's what it is this year as well. 100 lap stages across, so 400 laps total. And if you're going to make a mistake, it's a race that you want to make those mistakes early. You know, do it in the first stage so you have time to get your laps back and make up for it. Because if you last that whole race and then make your mistake in lap or uh, stage four, that's not going to work out too well for you. It's going to be a, a pretty big letdown. So, Make your mistakes early, and when you're choosing who to gamble on, you gotta, you know, think of these guys who are able to, you know, maybe rebound for some early adversity or really just run clean races. So the odds have bounced all around since they came out on Monday. So Truex was originally the heavy favorite. Right now it's Kyle Larson at plus 500. So when I'm looking to bet, I'm trying to find the best value here. I'm going to look at different teams across the board, um, really is what I'm looking for, because Charlotte's the hub of NASCAR. So if there's a track that you know anybody could win a race, even though it's a mile and a half, it could be Charlotte, because you got all these teams that are working right here, and this is the one they really want to win. You add that, plus the fact that we've got a full crowd for the first time in a long time, and really amps up the pressure here. Memorial Day weekend, we've got the soldiers on the cars and great paint schemes. So the the pressure is up. Like I said, it's a race that everybody wants to win. So let's talk about picks to win this race. Like I said, I'm searching for some value here this week, and I'm going to start with Ryan Blaney. Okay, he's going off at plus 1,000. This is a bit of a brave pick, if I don't say so myself. I'm going to pat myself on the back there. Longer odds because maybe, is it because Penske's down a little bit? Um, he is not in the top 10. If you're looking at any of the standard stats, first thing I do is just look at who's in the top 10 for things like drive rating, average finish, etc. And you're not going to see Blaney there. So that could be something that the sportsbooks are looking to, to say, like, hey, he's not really a guy here. But in his last 10 races, his average finish is 19.4. Kind of gross. Two top fives, three top tens. His driver rating is 86.7. But the point I'm trying to make here is I think he might be getting overlooked a bit. In 2020, he finished third in both races. So he did have two races at Charlotte because of COVID. They were back-to-back -back races. And he finished third twice. And if you look at driver rating, this is a stat. 
and a concept that I'm going to call out probably a few times on this podcast, this episode, where if you're looking at his last 10 races or his last eight races, you know, we heard what his driver rating was. But if you just look at his last three races, his driver rating shoots up to 108.2 from that 86.7. So that's a big, big jump for Ryan Blaney. That's why I'm saying, you know, that improvement, it's getting overlooked here. And that, that puts him third on the chart as far as everybody in the last three races for driver rating. So this is a similar racetrack to Atlanta. And we all know that earlier this season, he stole that win from Larson in Atlanta. His average running position is a stat that he's in the top 10. It's ninth overall, and his average is 13.2. And looking at fastest laps, I mean, he's 12th on that list as well. So not too shabby for someone that is going off at plus 1,000. It, it's really the fact that I like the odds here. This is one that, you know, it's really going to depend on how the race unfolds. If you got somebody like a heavy hitter like Truex, or, or Larson that's going to be up there dominating the race and running away with it, then yeah, this type of pick is not going to pan out. But if they stay kind of together and Blaney puts himself in the best position possible, excuse me, then I think he really does have an opportunity here to cash in a big ticket for us as the gambler. So I like the 12 car here, plus 1,000. Now, I did just mention somebody that I am going to take, and it's Martin Truex Jr. I can't not take him here because originally when he was going off as the favorite, he was on Monday morning, like plus 350. And immediately I was not considering Truex as a guy that I would take. But as we stand right now on Wednesday night, he is not the favorite anymore. And he dropped all the way from 350 to plus 550. So that is a lot better value now because, you know, you're getting really good numbers in this plus 550. He's got the best stats in the game. Looking at the last 10 races, he's got three wins, seven top fives, nine top tens. His average finish in the last 10 races is 4.4. Now, interesting enough, his average starting position in that time span is 11.0. So he's driving through the field to have these great finishes, which is amazing. His driver rating is head and shoulders better than everybody else on the circuit. It's first obviously, and the number is 120.6. Second place person in that category has 104.1. That is a big, big differential for that stat. Very interesting. And if we just focus on the last three races, his driver rating stays very high, 114.0. So great stuff there. That's what we want. His average running position is first as well, 6.5. Again, way ahead of everybody else in that stat. So like I said, he runs away with the stats just like he did in 2016 when he ran away from the field in the 600. He led 392 laps out of 400. It was a complete snooze fest. If you didn't have Truex um, on your ticket, you were completely just giving up on this race. It was just such a boring race. But you know, that's the type of driver, that's the type of opportunity that you have when you lay some money down here on this 19 car. So in 2019, he led 114 laps to win when he started 14th. He's got the most fastest laps out of everyone, 416 in the last eight races. So he just has that potential to jump up and dominate this race. And that's what you're looking for. So if you're looking for a Toyota pick, like I said, the manufacturers really don't have a trend either way. If you want a Toyota guy, this is the guy that I'm kind of 
going on by default. The 19 car plus 550, the stats make sense for this value. And the last guy I'm going to choose, I'm typically not a back-to-back -back guy, but Chase Elliott at plus 700 really gets my attention. I really like the odds here. And, you know, I think the odds might be a, a bit disrespectful. I mean, Hendrick is hot right now. So Larson is going off as the favorite, and I think that's because of Atlanta's performance. He was so, so good there. He didn't get the win, but, like we talked about with Blaney, but he's still someone that, you know, makes sense to be the favorite, but Chase at plus 700, I mean, coming off of a win, I would have thought he wouldn't be down around plus 600, maybe, uh, maybe plus 550 like Truex, and maybe on race day, that's what it gets to, but I think that this is good value right now for you as the gambler. Nine starts in his career at this racetrack, he's got one win, four top fives, five top tens, his average finish is 13.0, that's seventh out of everyone, but in the last five races, he has improved such a, a big-time improvement here. 4.0 is his average finish in the last five races. That is wild. I mean, it's just right behind Truex, whose average finish in that time is, is 3.8. So it shows you how good he's been lately. He won the last time we were here for a regular oval race, the 2020 second race. Chase was your winner, and he finished second in the first race of 2020, the 600. And the year before that, fourth in the 600. So great stuff all around. The driver rating for Chase is 96.5. That's sixth. And that's for the last nine races. His last three races, he's first in that stat, 118.8. So momentum is huge. He's got it in spades here because he's got the win last week. Back-to-back -back momentum plus the fact that he's getting better each and every time he comes back to this racetrack. I love it. Lock me in. Chase Elliott plus 700. It makes too much sense for me not to take him here. I'm getting over my superstition of pick, taking back-to-back -back guys. So lock me in for Chase as well as Truex plus 550 and Blaney plus 1,000. Now, I will say because this is my birthday, you know, those are the picks that I'm definitely making with my head. I will be making some picks with my heart as well. Um, I was a huge Casey Kane fan and he won the 600 right around my birthday twice. And just driving that five car month of May just like totally made sense. So, you know, Larson, I'll probably throw some money down on him, even though he's the favorite, but he's going off at plus 500 in the five car in the fifth month of the year. Um, that type of shit just, you know, gets me fired up. And then you know, I usually throw some numbers down, just like you're at the roulette table. You know, it's your birthday. You're just throwing your favorite numbers down. Played hockey my whole life. My high school number was 22. Give me Lugano. My college number was number 20. Give me Christopher Bell at a ridiculous number um, just for fun. So I will be, you know, throwing some money down around the roulette NASCAR uh, game here this weekend. But the Blaney, Truex, and Elliott picks are my absolute locks. Just wanted to throw the rest in for fun. Yeah. Can you send my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. So now let's get to the top 10 section, and I am devastated, devastated to report that our top 10 parlay on FanDuel seems to be not available at the moment, at least on Sunday it was not. I posted a sad gif out there on the Insta story to represent that. Just devastating news. It was working out so well for us. I guess because we were doing so well, they finally said, you know what, I don't like this. 
but I'm going to keep trying. And if it becomes available again, I'm going to try it on different sports books, but FanDuel was the one. So if it does become available yet again, obviously I'll make a big deal about it, but very, very upsetting that it wasn't available this weekend. I can't believe it. I don't know if it's maybe because it was a new track or something. So this weekend will be very telling here. And if it remains that way, maybe I'll drop a message into the support line uh, when I am bored next week. So hate to report that, but I have to do it. Now, let's talk about some picks for the top 10 this week, because there's at least one guy that I absolutely love. Let's just get right to it. Kurt Busch is who we're talking about here. He's going off at plus 165 to finish in the top 10. Now, Kurt Busch jumps off of the page to you when you start doing the research and finding the different stats, leaders. Kurt Busch is up there, man. He's great value for great stats. I mean, isn't that why we're here? We're trying to find those guys, right? So Kurt's the one that screams at you in his last 10 races, two top fives, eight top tens. That's what we're talking about here. His average finish is 10.4. That's what we want here. So really good stuff. Just looking at those basic stats here. I mean, that average finish is second out of everyone, only to Martin Truex, who has astronomical numbers. That's in the last 10 races now. We're not talking about lifetime for Kurt Busch. We're talking about the last 10 races. His driver rating is fifth out of everyone, 96.7, and in 2020. So you're hearing me say this, right? And you're probably thinking, well, Phil, come on. I mean, it's Kurt Busch. You know, he's older now. And Ganassi stinks. No, in 2020, he finished seventh and fifth. And that's with Ganassi, folks. So he's got the potential to do it again. I mean, they're down this year. Yes, we're aware of it. But still, I mean, that one car can look at those numbers and and try to get to it. Nothing really changed that much, right? Next year is when the the car is completely changing. Look at your notes, one team, you know? Go back and get it done because we need it to happen. He knows what victory lane tastes like. In 2010, he won the 600. So he's plus 5,000 to win the damn race. He's somebody that would be just like a completely wonky winner. And it just seems like that's the type of season we're having. So why the hell not? Plus 5000 You throw a couple bucks down on that, and you're still making out pretty good. So um, I could be playing around with that, depending on how drunk I get on Sunday. But, I mean, he's decent last week, right? He was hanging in there last week, and Assey looked okay on the road course in the rain. So was it a bounce back? I don't know. This could be something that they've had circled for a while at Charlotte. It's a spot that... You know, they, they do well at average running position is second on the circuit, 9.9. So I like everything that I'm seeing here with Kurt Busch. It would be a big letdown for me to see him wreck early because I think, you know, we talked about him at Atlanta early and, and he did have that wreck, but his car was phenomenal before that. Ever since that wreck in Atlanta where he was doing very well, he's been downhill. This is the opportunity to get back in the game. So I would not be upset if Kurt ran the whole race and he just missed it, right? They just didn't have it. But to see him wreck out early or, or midway through the race, uh, that would be upsetting because I need to see how he handles everything the full race, you know, to, to really get a grasp on, you know, has he really lost a step or, you know, is it just bad luck? So give me Kurt Busch plus 165. I'm all over this pick. The next guy, the value... Not necessarily there for the top 10, but we'll talk about it. Minus 167 for Alex Bowman 
in the 48 car. So this is an interesting one because, you know, he's got seven starts here, and he's not flashy on paper. He's not going to be in those top tens, kind of like what we're saying about Ryan Blaney, right? His average finish, 23.3. His driver rating is 77.5. Pretty low. But if you just look at the last three races, his driver rating shoots up to 104.7. That is a huge improvement, better than Chase's even. So that's what we're talking about here. And that's with last year having finishes of 19th and 31st, right? So that's telling you that, you know, he's had some pretty good runs and just some bad finishes. His average running position is 10th out of everyone, 14.2. So again, it speaks to the fact that the driver's doing well, the team's been doing well, they're just not getting the finishes that they want. He's finished 9th and 7th in the 600 in the past. You know, last year clearly wasn't his year, but this is a, a good 2021 campaign for them right now. So I really like it. I mean, he's someone who's going off at plus 1,600 to win the race. Kind of like what we are saying about Kurt, like just maybe throw a little something down there. Maybe that's the value pick for Alex Bowman because he's shown that he can win races this year. So I'm not getting too crazy as far as what we're talking about right now. Minus 167, top 10. I'm really digging that because I think the 48 car is going to be up there looking sharp in the top 10. Now, the final guy that we're going to talk about, it's really tough to find someone, you know, when you're looking at the stats and you're looking at the value picks, it's been kind of tough sledding, trying to find someone that makes sense. But Tyler Reddick could be that guy, plus 135 to finish in the top 10 this weekend. And he's within the realm of reality. Two starts last year, his finishes were eighth and 14th. So right around that number that we're looking for, that average finish is 11th for all of you math whizzes out there. His average running position, 11.2. It's tough to compare that to the guys who have been here for a while, but if you wanted to, small sample size, that would equal second on the circuit. His driver rating is 10th out of everyone, 87.9. I mean, that's pretty damn good for a rookie on a team like that. I mean, him and Dylan, um, you would say a smaller team. I don't know what the budget is in comparison to the four car shops, but they're definitely not up there. They're definitely second tier. So pretty good. 87.9 driver rating as a rookie going back to that spot. I mean, he wasn't overwhelmed, you know, and so this could be a chance for a risk for of the last five races in 2021. Tyler Reddick has had a top 10 finish. That is sneaky good. So make it five of the last six and we'll cash in on a nice little plus 135 ticket for Tyler Reddick in the eight car. So there were a couple guys out there that were kind of in and around the area that I was looking at. This didn't quite make sense to me. So Tyler Reddick, small sample size, even though we have that, I'm still interested in taking him. So that's the pick for me to round out the top 10 section. Vegas, baby, Vegas! So I'm really excited about this next part of the podcast because this is where we typically do head-to-head matchups and we're still going to do that but we're doing it a little bit different way this week i wanted to try to change things up try to keep things interesting you know because such a long season and you could run into the same old stuff every single week so created this idea for what we're calling we're going to brand it the full tank face-off where i'm going to go mano e mano against someone picking head-to-head matchups, and we're going to see who comes out on top. And the person that we're going to bring on in just a second is a buddy of mine, but one of the OG listeners to the podcast, my buddy Nick. 
and he's very knowledgeable about the sport now. Kind of gotten into it recently, so we'll talk to him about that. But the concept here is that we're going to choose three matchups. We're going to take turns, alternating, starting with Nick, then me, choosing matchups, and the person that you choose, the other guy, gets stuck with that driver that is not being chosen. So we'll have three total, and we're going to break them down in just a second. But my hope here is that you know throughout the season we can sprinkle these in. If you're someone out there who listens and you enjoy this podcast, let me know. You know maybe you're going to a specific race, something has significance for you. Um, let me know. I'm glad to try to work something out to get more people on to have the face off against me and see how I do against everyone that listens to the podcast really so not going to be an every week thing you know been trying to get some some experts picks um as you know throughout the season so far and this is just another little wrinkle you know something else to try to get excited about and have some fun with so we're going to give it a listen with nick here in just a second and if you like what you hear let me know follow up with me on instagram at full tank phil just let me know that this is something that you might want to be interested in down the road when we do it again so without further ado let's get to that full tank face-off with nick all right so now we will welcome on to the podcast for the first time my buddy and one of the og listeners of the podcast nick thanks for jumping on tonight for the first ever full tank face-off phil it's great to be here i'm uh as you know, I'm a, definitely a big fan of the pod and just, just excited to be here. Yeah. So when I was thinking of this concept, uh, trying out something new and you were one of the first people that I thought of because of the fact that you've been into NASCAR more recently, but in addition to that, you've really been into the gambling portion of NASCAR. Uh, and, and you've messaged me many times through the last couple of years about the race and race day picks and things like that. So figured you'd be a good person to start with. How'd you get going on, you know, following NASCAR recently and, and the, you know, near past and uh, gambling on it? Well, really, I was it started not too long ago. Like you said, it's, it's been relatively new for me. Um, I, I've always loved motorsports, but. NASCAR was not something that clicked with me right away. And I kind of started watching here and there. I would always watch Daytona. And I finally went to a race at Pocono. And it just opened up everything. I was like, I can't not watch this now. I have to watch every week. I need to, to gamble on it. I need to figure out who's, who I like. And uh, became, as, as you've noted on the, on the pod before, I'm an Eric Almarola fan, a, <laughs> through the, the good and bad, mostly the bad here. Um, <laughs> you are the resident Almirola fan. I'm sure we'll talk about him later. But yes, that's true. Yeah. And he uh, he went to the, the same college that I went to. So I kind of went to him and his car is black and gold. And that was the colors of, uh, of the school I went to. So that uh, that really clicked with me. And then really the, the gambling aspect of it was honestly through the, the podcast. I really, I didn't think to to gamble on it or that it was really a, a good outlet to gamble on. And boy, was I wrong that uh, I ever thought it thought differently. And yeah, I made a ton of money last year, just listening to the pod and kind of making my own parlays and just kind of having fun with it. And it's been a great experience so far. 
That's awesome. I, I did not realize that listening to the podcast was that I, I did not mean to uh, set you up with that, <laughs> that layout there, but <laughs> that's pretty cool to hear. And just to yeah, go back was. to the, the, the Pocono thing real quick, um, just a complete sidetrack from the, the gambling and everything else. But I, I keep hearing, um, you know, people talk about the, the first time they go, it, it really like changes everything. And honestly, what comes to mind is they're trying to get this track in uh, Nashville up and running and uh, mm-hmm. or the, the short track going. And, and they're dealing with the, the neighborhood and the neighbors around there hate it. And people on NASCAR radio just keep saying, take them to the track. They'll, they'll change their mind. So can you pinpoint like one thing for me? Like what changed everything for you when you were there watching it? Because I, I just can't you know, when I hear that, sometimes I kind of roll my eyes, but it, it seems to be mm-hmm. true every time you talk to someone. It was just the environment and people were, I mean, very welcoming. Everyone was kind of just there having fun watching the race. Um, I mean, the action on the, on the track was good there. I mean, there was really not many wrecks, so it's not like people were just there for the wrecks. It was just good, good racing. Denny Hamlin won that day and it was, it was just something about the environment and how everyone was acting and, rooting on the people that they were rooting on. And even if you were sitting next to somebody who was rooting for somebody different, they were, they were just having fun with each other. It was just really a great time and something that I can't wait to do again. And I want to go to different tracks through the re- throughout the region and even maybe some farther away. Makes total sense. And yeah, I can't uh, disagree with you there. And any place that you can bring in a cooler beer to sit next to you in the stands is okay. <laughs> that by didn't me. hurt. Yeah, that didn't hurt. All right. Well, Let's start talking about it. So to reiterate what we're trying to do here, um, I want to hopefully make this a thing that, you know, people can jump on and and do this, anyone that listens. Um, So we're going to go through the head-to-heads. And instead of just having me rip off um, three of them, like I usually do on a regular week, we're going to have a face-off. We're going to put it out there for people to look at. And so what's going to happen is, we're going to toss it to Nick first. Nick, you're going to pick a matchup that's available. Right now, I think both of us are using DraftKings. So anyone that's listening, yes. um, hearing these matchups, are they're available on DraftKings right now. Um, Nick's going to choose one. I don't know who he's going to choose. And whatever the, uh, the driver he chooses, I get the opposite guy just by default. So Nick's going to make his case why he likes his guy. I'll see who I get see if there's anything I can speak to on uh, the driver I'm left with. And then I'll take a shot at it with a matchup of my own. And we're going to keep it with just three. And since Nick is the guest, I wasn't sure how to handle this part, Nick. I almost threw a, a, you know, made it a trivia question. If you got the trivia right, you got to make the choice. But I think first time, you know, the guest should, uh, it's the polite thing to do. So we'll let you go twice and then um, see what we end up with. And then anyone listening, you know, I'll, I'll post something on Instagram of the, the matchups and you can let us know who you're riding with if you're if you care to do so. Um, and then we'll talk about, you know, maybe some leans that we have on other matchups and um, and, you know, wrap it up from there. So sound good to you, Nick. Any questions about what we're doing here, the rules and, and all that? No, loud, loud and clear. I'm definitely ready. All right. So let's. Give it over to you here. You're going to choose the first matchup of the, the full tank face-off. All right. So the first one that I was looking at, as, as we spoke about before, I am the Eric Amarola fan, and this season has been rough. Um, 
it's been been hard to watch. A lot of DNFs, just poor, poor performance. But I gotta I gotta feel like this is the time to turn it around. He's up against Chris Busher this week, who has been good the last few times out at the uh, at the six hundred. I believe his last two um, were a tenth place and a sixth place, um, dating back to twenty nineteen. So the last two, it's he's been in that equipment for the last two years. So um, Almirola hasn't been as good, but he still has still up there, eleventh and thirteenth in the last two. Um, I I just I like Almirola for the only reason that he's got to get it together. This has to be the turnaround. He's got the red, white, and blue car. Look good, feel good, drive good. That's my that's that's who I'm going with. So I, I might be giving you one here with Busher, but I'm gonna stick with with Amarola. And that is my pick for this first one. So in these head-to-head matchups, I always each week go back and forth between you know choosing things with my head, choosing things with my heart. Um, I was kind of expecting that you would go with Amarola. Um, I don't think it's as, you know, obvious, like, oh, okay, this is a, a pick with your heart here and that you're totally screwed. I think these two are, are very evenly matched up. Um, I don't mind Busher. If I'm getting left with Busher in this matchup, I don't mind it because Busher has been hot this season compared to Amarola. I, I don't uh, think anyone could argue that. I mean, Busher's been running up towards the top 10 where, you know, Amarola's struggles are documented. Um, at this racetrack, I think Almirola, you know, lifetime, I'm just looking at some stats here. I mean, lifetime, their driver rating, you know, would tend to you'd side with Almirola, but it looks like Busher more recently in the last three starts has a slight edge on him. Um, Busher is improving while Almirola is, is sort of on a bit of a downswing, but not by much on the, the driver rating stat. Um, their running position is one that Almirola definitely has a big time edge on so i think you probably made the right choice here um in almirola and i think that everybody in nascar is kind of thinking like when is the shoe gonna drop with the 10 car like you know at what point in time are they finally going to get it going because if it's either performance or it's bad luck it's one or the other every single time and they've never had you know just everything go right in one race yet um so you might be onto it. I don't think you made a bad choice, but I'm not upset with the Chris Busher being left to me. I can tell you that. I fig- I figured as much. I it was it was a hard one. I was waffling back and forth kind of all day thinking about it. And uh, I just I finally the last thing I looked at was what he was in this week and he's in the he's in the stars and stripes. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go with it. Almarol. I, I can't, I mean, I'm I totally get caught up in that stuff too so i can't i can't hate on that uh (laughs) process of of thinking it um the other reason why you know if i'm gonna pump your tires up a second here the other reason why i don't hate almirola is because when you're looking at one of the teams like busher um smaller team you know i guess in the scheme of things compared to the stewart house racing group and the 600 is just such a battle of attrition so these smaller teams the teams that aren't as funded um you know there's just more room for them to have error whereas amarola maybe it's long enough for them to actually like get in there and figure it out (laughs) you know right so that that could be 
um, an option. But I'm I'm very interested. I'm glad that you chose this matchup because I'm really interested to see the outcome of this one. So Almarola for Nick and Busher for myself. Um, marking that down right here. All right. Any other words on on that one or? Um, no, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it as is. I'm gonna just kind of go with my a little bit a little bit of stats and a lot of blind faith on that one. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll have uh, some sort of blueprint on whether or not that works or not. So exactly, we'll, we'll go with it. All right. So now it's my turn. I'm gonna throw one at you that you know, especially if you're only choosing one. You know, you, you kind of have a little bit of leg room to to take a shot like that on on somebody you really like. I have to hit with mine in order to be in this ball game here. So I think that I have an absolute um, lock, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The matchup is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. taking on Ryan Newman. And my choice is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um so did you, did you want Stenhouse in that matchup? <laughs> that's a that's a good one. I was looking at his stats. That's a, that is a good one. He's surprisingly, you know, up there. He's not cracking any like top tens of the the stats that we normally track. But when you're looking at them head to head, I think some people might just look at like top ten finishes and then be done with it, which Newman does have more of um, compared to Stenhouse. But Stenhouse in his last tens got two top fives, three top tens. Seven top 15s, which I look to sometimes when I'm looking at the head-to-head matchups. I don't know about you, but, you know, when you're in head-to-head matchups, you don't need to win the damn race. If you're in the top 15 and the other guy isn't, that's good enough to get the job done. Um, Stenhouse has a, a better average finish in that time span than, than Newman does, so that gets your attention. He finished fourth last year in the second race. That gets your attention. Uh, but the big one for me, well, two other big things. One, looking at their drive rating, kind of just did this with Amarola. Um, but, you know, looking at the last 10 races, they're right around the same amount. But then if you just look more recently in the last three races, they go completely opposite directions. Newman starts to plummet and Stenhouse actually jumps up from 77 to 86 in his drive rating. And so that's a, you know, he's good now type of deal, which is surprising at a mile and a half like this. I, I did not see that coming. Um, but even bigger in the last five races, Stenhouse is five and zero against Newman at this racetrack. So to me, that's the, the clincher. I think he's going to go six and oh and put a checkbox in my column. So uh, how do you feel about Ryan Newman on your squad? <laughs> going to be straight honest with you here. I don't feel good about it. Um <laughs> His, his last four races um, have not been great in dating back to 2017, 40th, 35th, 16th, and 27th. So yeah. not he's not finishing great. Um, I just got to hope that maybe Stenhouse gets aggressive and gets caught up in something, and Newman can kind of skate through and, and just get one here. But I, uh, I don't like my chances on that one. That is an excellent pick by you there. You do bring up a good point, though. I mean, it is very on brand for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. at lap two of a, you know, 600-mile race to do something silly and put the car on the wall and he's done. Um, So that is something that I have not thought about. So you bring up a good point there. Uh, But if he's able to hang around, then, yeah, I think. You know, last year, Newman, when they came to Charlotte, Newman was, I think, 
it was coming back from that injury. And I was surprised to see when I was looking at the stats that he actually did race in those races. Um, but he did come back because of the long COVID layoff. He must not have been himself. You know, this year he's definitely yeah. turned it around a little bit more. Um, but I do think that that Stenhouse is the pick here. So um, we'll see. I, I'm feeling good about that one. Like I said, I have to hit this one. I have to get it or else I'm in some It trouble. is a must. It's a must. All right. So with that, let's go to the, you know, the rubber match, I guess you could call it. Um, the, the third matchup of the three. And like I said, because you are the guest, we're going to let you choose this one. So who do you have? What's the matchup and who do you like? So the matchup here I have is two of the headliners. Uh, last week's winner, Chase Elliott versus Denny Hamlin. Oh, and um, so in, in light of recent events, the, even though the stats may not bear out here, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Uh, okay. Chase is without his spotter this week. Um, granted, I don't know how much that is going to matter, but um, Chase is without his, his head spotter this week due to, like I said, recent events. And uh, Denny Hamlin is also, I believe, just due. Um, Chase coming off a win. Like you said, you don't have to necessarily win the race to win this, but I think these two guys are going to be running up front. And I, I believe Denny Hamlin has a strong chance uh, to win pretty much outright. Um, I may be wrong, but his last couple races, 29th and 17th in the last two, but then you go back a little bit further, third, fourth, and fifth in the previous in the other three so i feel good he's consistently running top five in the last 10 races there at the uh, 600 so i i really feel good about denny hamlin this week i'm gonna put all my chips in on denny hamlin so i can't argue that i mean i, I guess i'm forcing myself to try to argue that um first thing i'll say is when you're dealing with the the matchups i sometimes love the like slobber knocker like big name matchup and and other times you know i get a little queasy i you know it's a ballsy move for you in a you know best of three scenario to choose one of these matchups where it really is a, a close call um but that being said so hamlin i would tend to agree with everything you're saying um looking at the just typical stats that I usually look to, which is driver rating, average finish, average running position. Um, for the most part, Hamlin has the edge on Elliott in all of those categories, except for driver rating more recently. Um, so you're not wrong there. And Hamlin this year, I mean, he's dominating the points without even uh, a win. So um, he's someone that could definitely edge another driver off, you know, in, in any race, it doesn't matter how he's been um, at this racetrack. And it's even better that he has been doing well. Um, that being said, I did call Chase out to win the race earlier in the podcast in that section. Um, the reason was really more about the odds and how Chase has been, you know, like I said, more recently. I mean, he has last time they're at Charlotte um, at a non roval race. He was the winner. And he finished second in the 600. So last year was a banner year for him. Finished fourth in the 600 uh, a few years ago. So um, I think Chase is definitely someone who has proven that, you know, they get better the more times they go there. And he's clearly improved immensely. 
Um, so I called out how much I love Chase early in the pod. I'm not going to back down on that now. I, I, I can't disagree with it. Um, in a head-to-head matchup, though, as far as like you choosing, do I think that's the right call? I, I do think that that's a, a solid call. Um, if you're just looking at the straight stats, I mean, Hamlin, like I said, has them in most of the categories. So um, good pick. Risky pick, though, because of the, the big name element to it. Um, but that all being said, I'm, I'm happy with Elliot. And I, I think that you made a good choice. So it's kind of best of both worlds. Yeah, and that one, I kind of, like I said, I was, I was split on that one. The, re, like, the recent news made me kind of go the other way. But, I mean, Chase has been great at Charlotte no matter what they're running, whether it be the Roval or the 600. I mean, second, fourth, 11th, and second in the last four years. That's You, you can't argue with that. It would, but uh, I, feel, I just feel good about Hamlin, but I'm still going to lay some money down on Chase for this weekend. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. So to recap the full tank faceoff, first one ever, we've got Nick taking – Eric Amarola over Chris Buescher, that's who I have. I'm taking Ricky Stenhouse over Ryan Newman. That's who Nick has. And Nick, you're taking Denny Hamlin over Chase Elliott. So I'm going to create some like poor Photoshop graphic or something to post on Instagram to reiterate these picks. Um, so we'll be able to follow along and we'll see if you are, in fact, a winner. I'll have to do something if, if you know, you beat me on this. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think that part through. I don't know. Have to send something your way, but uh, any other picks that didn't make the cut that you were kind of you know leaning towards or got your attention and just didn't uh, didn't follow through with it. So I was I was really looking at the the Kurt Busch Austin Dillon matchup this week, and I love Kurt Busch in this matchup. Uh, Couldn't agree he has more. Been, he's great here. Austin Dillon has been pretty poor. He had an okay. He finished 14th last year, but the previous couple, 34th, 34th, just not there. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. I, I love, love Kurt Busch. Um, I was, I wanted to go with that one, but I kind of wanted to bring in the big guys of Elliott and Hamlin, but that, that was one that I was watching. And then I was also looking at the other Bush brother, Kyle Bush versus Brad Kislowski. And, um, I, I like Kyle Bush in that one as well. He's been outstanding the last three years here. And as you noted last week, Brad still may be a little distracted with maybe moving teams, kind of going into silly season here. And uh, I think Kyle Bush is starting to get dialed in a little bit here. Didn't have a great week last week, obviously. Um, but I like Kyle Bush in that matchup. And so I will have to go back and touch on both of these because I am in full agreement. I'm calling Kurt out earlier in the pod on a top 10 finish. Um, but I think I, I did mention, like, I could see him winning this race. It, it, it's just such a detractor, though, thinking about how poor Ganassi has been so far this year. But looking at his statistics, he is, like, jumping off the page. Um, and Austin Dillon, he gets people's attention because he had that win. But that's really all that he's ever had. Um, so, you know, he more recently he's been good you know, at mile and a half, um, or the cookie cutter tracks, he does kind of top 10 you to death sometimes, but this one, you know, aside from the win, I, I just don't see it. So, um, very interested to see this one. I was also giving this a, a good look as well, but I like Kurt just like you do. And then same exact 
mentality for the Kyle Bush Kozlowski thing. That was going to be the one that I called out as a lean. Um, if you didn't bring it up, I mean, Kyle's numbers are phenomenal. Kyle has clicked like this year, it, things are clicking. And, you know, last year in the rain or sorry, last week in the rain, um, it, it just didn't really go his way, but you could see with that incident with Kurt, that luck is clearly on Kyle's side now, like somehow he avoided getting, getting clipped there, um, in that incident. So things are clicking. And then this Kislowski thing, I mean, until the news is like official, I consider this a total distraction. I, you know, people are going to ask him about it every single time they're in front of him. And this is the, uh, they got full capacity at this racetrack. So now you've got full fans, full media. Um, I, I just see this as a, a problem for Kozlowski and Penske, um, or at least the two car, the whole team until they fully address it. Like, cause right now it's kind of like it's out there and it's not confirmed. So that just bothers me. And Kyle right. is a heavy favorite in the matchup. DraftKings clearly believes the, the same thing. Um, in addition, you know, the stats don't back up Kozlowski. You know, he's, he's way down the list in most of these stats. So uh, compared to Kyle, so um, totally agree with those leans and I may have to put some of those uh, together in a parlay on race day, but I agree. And then one, one last one here that was, that caught my eye just because it's two young guys who finished eighth and ninth last year, Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick. I don't know where to go on that one. I just thought it was a fun matchup. Um, what do you think about that one? Yeah, so I agree. It is a fun matchup. I mentioned Reddick in the top tens um, because of his performance last year. Christopher Bell, I had called out the last like three weeks in the top ten. And I think the last two, like he's just let me down. Like he's just missed. Wrecked last week, was completely off at the week before. Um, so I was kind of just like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to quit him for a little bit. Um, yeah. So he's a heavy favorite in this matchup. And – I don't see that. So if, you know, you force me to choose between these two, I would probably go Reddick just because of all the stuff that I said earlier in the pod about um, Reddick and, and finishing the top 10, I think he has a real shot at it. Um, so that's who I would go with because I'm feeling kind of scorned right now by, by Christopher Bell. <laughs> Fair enough. So until we get more, um, I mean, that's a fun matchup just until we get more data on these guys at this track, we're lucky enough to have two races, um, at Charlotte's, you know, proper course, proper track rather, um, from yeah. last year's, you know, stuff. So the fact that we even have two races to go off of is, is great. Um, but we don't have much on Christopher Bell because he's not in the same car. So Reddick, right. You know, third race, same team, you know, it's a better, better team for Bell, but I'm done kind of singing that song for a little while because, um, I was kind of talking all about that the last few weeks. So I'll, I would go with the eight car there ramping myself up into it i like it i like it so i appreciate you coming on doing that now the one thing i have to ask you about and have to tell people about before <laughs> i let you go um nick has run a simulation race with what is it nascar heat nascar heat five yeah nascar heat five and um he has predicted or his simulation has predicted the winner you know you usually run the race on your uh, console the the day of i asked you to do it ahead of time for this one because you've predicted the winner multiple times in like the the past month or so i know you nailed yeah. truex 
And the week before that, whoever the winner was, maybe it was Kyle. Bush. Kyle I don't Bush. remember. You had that yep. one. Um, so you're, you're really on fire and didn't have a race in the game to run last week. So I'm sure you're, you're friendly at the mouth. So who, who we like this week? What, what happened in the uh, sim? So this was a wild one. There was a lot of wrecks. Um, I ran at about a 20% of the, of the actual race with stages. Um, we had an, a Kyle Bush stage one and two winner, but uh, he did not win the race, finished seventh. Winner of the race was Denny Hamlin by okay. a nose over Matt, over Matt Benedetto. So wow. I don't know how, I don't know how reliable this one's going to be. Um, but I could see him. Uh, yeah. I mean, Denny, Denny Hamlin got the win. It was a, it was a fun race to, I, I kind of just run in the back as a back marker. If I get last, I get last. I try not to affect the race because there's no way to really just simulate a race in the game. So uh, I kind of just run in the back and let the action happen. And that we had a Denny Hamlin victory this week. So he's going off right now as uh, seven plus seven fifty to win the race. So that would be a nice little payout if your sim was correct yet again. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you believe in that type of stuff, <laughs> I, I mean, you made a believer out of me the day you texted me earlier in the day. Hey. Truex won the sim, bet on Truex, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and sure enough, he went out and did it. So I'm, I'm a believer. Um, figured it was good to share that. And uh, was did you take a peek at the top 10? Any weird names other than DiBenedetto in the top 10? Some big-time weird names up there, um, which is why it makes me nervous about, about the simulation <laughs> at all. Um, in, the, in the top five, we had uh, – Hamlin, DeBenedetto, Busher, Kenseth, and then BJ McLeod. Oh, didn't boy. realize he was. Yeah, so that was the extreme outlier. I guess he just got through the wrecks and didn't uh, didn't really wreck out there. But then the 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 rest of the top ten were the the usual suspects in uh, Alex Bowman, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Harvick, and Keselowski rounding out the top ten there. But the top okay. uh, top five there was a little strange. I mean, DeBenedetto, he. You know, I haven't really looked at his stats that hard, but I mean, he would be a, a wonky name to finish in the top 10 and he's probably giving you some good odds. I'm trying to find him right now, but, um, and then I guess we're assuming Harvick or sorry, uh, Kenseth would be the Matt, sorry, Matt Kenseth would be the, um, Kyle Larson representation, Correct. right? Because of what happened right. last year with heat. So, um, that would make sense if Larson would be in the top five, I, he, he is someone that I'm, I got my eyes on, but uh, to Benedetto plus 225, that would be a payout to mm. finish in the top 10 and plus 2000 to finish in the top three. So some heavy money there. You just have to do if it. You want, may just have to you do want it. To throw all your chips in on this sim, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad, glad you're able to get that and uh, give us the results. So Hamlin for the sim pick, uh, I think that's very doable. So and that would win you one of the matchups in the face-off. Yes. That, that, that kind of also made me lean that way a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, Nick, I really appreciate you coming on and being the guinea pig here for the first ever face-off, the head-to-head matchups. Any parting words? No, I just want to thank you uh, for, for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Um, glad to have somebody to talk NASCAR with. There's not many people up here that uh, 
that really you can talk to about it. So it's, it's good to have an outlet to, to kind of listen and, and, and learn as well. So uh, I, I want to thank you for, for doing this and, and for having me on. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see, see who comes out victorious on Sunday night, probably around midnight uh, in the Memorial Day. So thanks once again, Nick. Appreciate it. Thank you. So once again, thanks to Nick for being the guinea pig in our first ever full tank face-off. We will see how that goes on Sunday. So now to wrap things up this week on the podcast, I'm not going to leave without at least touching on the Indy 500. We got to mention some of these other brands of racing when they have their major events and it's the biggest one in IndyCar. So let's talk about it. Kind of like when people on you know Instagram and, and Twitter are saying like, hey, I am not a financial advisor. I am not offering financial advice. Kind of the same deal here for me with IndyCar. I mean, with NASCAR, I, I definitely follow the sport. I feel good about it. With IndyCar, I'm very, very loose with understanding the you know scenarios and what's going on here. But did some research. So this is really just kind of talk and shop. It's like we're at the bar just having some beers, talking about some guys. So let's start with the favorite, Scott Dixon, because this was a person that kind of went back and forth on. And the starting point with these conversations is I did this research and kind of looking into this before qualifying and qualifying for the 500 this year really put me on my head. I mean, a lot of the big name guys are not starting up front. And some of the guys that, you know, seemed like on paper and from reading about the series this year, some guys that weren't supposed to be a factor in the race are starting towards the front. So qualifying has completely changed things around as far as how confident I feel. I'm still going to roll with the picks, but definitely a little bit more skeptical. Now, Scott Dixon, I was thinking originally that I wasn't going to roll with him, but let's talk about what happened here. So he's the favorite. It was originally going off at plus 500. Now he's dropped to plus 350, and that's because he's starting off front. So in 20, sorry, 2008, it's a little while ago, he won from the pole back then. So He's had a fantastic stretch at the Indy 500 right around like 2006 to 2012. I mean, he had just tons of top six finishes. I'm not sure if he finished outside of the top six, honestly. He finished second here last year in this race. His average finish in 18 starts is 10.3. So really good stuff for Scott Dixon. I was originally skeptical about taking him to win the race because he sort of has a pattern over the last five races of having a good race and then a bad race good race and a bad race. And the fact that he finished second last year would mean that he would be due up for a bad race. But because a lot of these other guys had problems in qualifying and Scott Dixon did not, he was able to keep it together and go out and start up front. I like Scott Dixon now and looking at his 2021 season, I mean, it's just been really, really good. His average finish this season is 4.4 in the five races that they've had so far. So, and that's including a win. So Scott Dixon could be the man with the plan um, this weekend, plus 350 to win the race. I think it's plus 155 to finish in the top three. I think you could still get him at that number. That might be a little bit more of your speed if you're a little queasy. But originally I was not all in on him. But after seeing what went down with these other guys, the fact that this guy could stay stable speaks volumes to me. So now let's take a look at somebody else. And we're going to go to Graham Rahel plus 100 to finish in the top 10. This is a value pick in my opinion. 
So he had a little bit rougher qualifying than you probably would have liked if you were placing this bet, but still maybe you can get him at a, a different number now or, or closer to race day than plus 100. But he's a, a good pick, I think, because of this season. So he's got an average finish so far of 7.0 in 2021. His finishes were 5th, 3rd, 5th, 15th, and 7th. So even the one that he was not in the top 10, he, you know, he was in and around it. I mean, 15th, you know, not too shabby. And if you're looking at his numbers in the Indy 500, he started 13 races, three top fives, four top tens. He finished third in this race last year. To me, this could be a guy, maybe if he was starting a little bit better, but this could be a guy, you know, finishing third last year, he jumps up and shocks some people and maybe wins the race. I don't need him to do that. Plus 100 to finish in the top 10 is all I'm looking for. And then he has a head-to-head -head matchup. He's the favorite, minus 118 versus Tony Kanaan. Even after qualifying, he is still the favorite. And Tony Kanaan is starting up front. Tony Kanaan, past champion, you know, he's a big name in the sport. But he's totally hit or miss in his last eight races. I mean, he's either racing well or has a dismal finish. So in a head-to-head -head matchup, that volatility is not what I'm looking for. So Graham Rahal maybe the good option in that head-to-head -head as well. That's more of a lean for me at this point. I'll probably get frisky on race day Sunday morning and, and place that bet, but uh, I really like him in the top 10. So now let's look at my boy, Joseph Newgarden. Talked about him last year. He's been a guy that I've made money on when I do bet on IndyCar, and this is somebody, I mean, he's a Penske driver, so you have that kind of affiliation with NASCAR, um, Roger Penske obviously is a huge, huge Indy guy. That Indianapolis Motor Speedway, he's the the man with the plan around there. So New Garden driving the two car. I mean, this is somebody that I've always, you know got the American looking to him to win me some money this year. But big, big, big problems in qualifying starting way back, and not a good look heading into the race so he was originally plus 800 but after qualifying he's plus 1400 to win the race so a little bit more skeptical there um, but looking at the 500s five of his last six races in the 500 he finished in the top 10 he's minus 200 to do so even with the bad start and he's got one top three finish in his career at the Indy 500, plus 235 right now to finish in that top three. So, you know, not too shabby. Now, in those last six races, he has an average finish of 8.0. In 2021, he has four straight top six finishes. So maybe, I mean, I don't know IndyCar. This is where I kind of would like some help out there. You know, if you're an IndyCar fan, is it possible for these guys to drive through the field or is it more like F1? I think it's kind of in the middle. If you're looking at NASCAR and F1, Andy's kind of towards the middle. Um, I think Newgarden is very talented driver. So I still would throw some money down on him at plus 1400 to win the race, but maybe looking more towards that top three, top five, if it's available to you. It's not available at the moment, but maybe would become available. Now, He's got the head-to-head -head against Scott Dixon. Originally, I was looking at this matchup like, yes, this is the big one. These are the heavy hitters. I like this one. The fact that Dixon, just like we talked about a second ago, um, he is such a heavy favorite, minus 155. Newgarden is plus 120 in this matchup. I don't 
see this happening unless Dixon has something catastrophic happen to him out there. So uh, probably would take Dixon in that head-to-head matchup, but still giving Newgarden the look that he deserves. You know, I mean, you're driving for Penske at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I think anything could happen. Now, let's talk about the new guy. Patty Award is the youngster, 22 years old. He's going off. He had another rough qualifying situation, just like some of these other guys we were talking about. He's going off at plus 1,000 to win the race now. He was at plus 800, so you might be able to get him. Young guy. This is a guy of Mexican descent with an Irish last name. you got to love this guy, right? Patio Ward sounds like the, the Irish uh, dive bar down the street. But no, this is a Mexican IndyCar driver, so you got to love that. Now, this is a guy who's turning a lot of heads in this series, as far as I can tell. I mean, I've seen people write about him in articles for, for the win and The Athletic. They're talking about this guy, Pat O'Ward. And in 2021, five races, he already has a win this year and three top fives. Last year in the Indy 500 was his only start. He started 15th. He finished sixth. He's plus 235 to finish in the top three. I really like that pick right there. Not asking this guy to win the race. Might be too tall of an order this early in his career, but top three could be doable, especially since we saw that he started 15th last year and and finished sixth. You know, bad starting positions really don't matter to him. So, hey, let's get it done. Pat Award, I'm all over the the new guy. Now, he's got a head-to-head matchup going up against Will Power, and Power has had a lot of wrecks recently. He won a couple years back. I mean, you definitely remember that name, Will Power. is just such a cool racing name. But Pat Award going up against Will Power, it just seems like I'm going to go with the, the younger guy who's got a lot going on, positive momentum all across the board, whereas Will Power, I think he's starting a little bit further up. Um, but I would tend to look at his history over the last couple years and be a little scared off here. So I'm going to go with the Pat Award character. Keep my eyes on him. Maybe he'll take over as my favorite driver from New Garden. Maybe maybe this race kind of determines that for me. My IndyCar fandom might be up for grabs here in this race. I don't know. But um, in any case, uh, you know, like Pat Award, top three plus thir- 235, rather. New Garden, really big, long shot to win the race at this point, plus 1,400. And Scott Dixon to win the race, plus 350. Don't forget about Graham Ray Hall, plus 100, top 10, and over Tony Kanan in that head-to-head matchup. Good stuff all around. Now, if you wanted to add up Dixon, Award, and Newgarden all to finish in the top 10, if FanDuel allows that this week, it would be plus 204 at the moment. So um, could, could, could throw that in if they allow it. So IndyCar talk, like I said, I'm not uh, the best at it. If you have a guy that you like, a matchup that you're all over, send it in. Gladly repost that to some people who might be you know, very much interested in a little bit more expertise. So let me know. Give me a, a look. Give me a shout on Instagram at Full Tank Phil. That's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thanks for joining us. Get ready for the greatest day in motorsports. Cash in on these bets. Maybe buy your family some extra hot dogs and hamburgers on Memorial Day and have yourself a good weekend. Thanks again to our guest, Nick, for joining us for the first ever face-off. And be sure to follow us along to see how we make out. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we will see you next time for some more road course racing.
Go. 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 Go.